What's up everybody, welcome to the house of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star rating, and the doors to episode 106 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me this week is you. Yes, uh, only you joining me this week, there is no Bryce. Uh, we had a huge weekend at Avcon, and sort of we were caught off guard by this uh, this recent Nintendo news, so we didn't have a plan to sort of catch up and uh, get it going. Bryce was at work today, and I went into the pub to see him, see what's going on, and yeah, so he's going home to look after his family, do his jobs, you know, do all that important stuff, and apparently I've got the time to talk about Nintendo by myself, so lucky Drew, I guess. So without any further ado, um, we'll jump straight into it. I haven't really been playing any games, been really busy with the uh, the launch of my new podcast, the launch of the Patreon and all that. So even though we went to Avcon, which is a pretty much a games convention, I really haven't played much games. I haven't even really played Super Mario Maker 2, which is a bit disappointing because I'm really looking forward to that game. And uh, This month's only uh, getting stacked with more releases with Fire Emblem and Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. And yeah, just got to try and catch up and everything. But let's get into it. So Nintendo Switch Lite was announced last night, Australian time. Uh, I was just about to go to bed. I went to sit on the toilet to do my thing, you know, to empty out before uh, <laughs> uh, going to bed. And I checked the House of Mario Discord, and everyone in, in there is talking about Nintendo Switch Lite. And there's a trailer there with uh, two people holding a different-looking Switch. So I obviously clicked straight over to it, and yes, it's been announced out of the blue, randomly. And, and that's part of the reason I love doing this Nintendo podcast, is because it's just... So, such a wacky company to uh, cover because, you know, they just announced new hardware, you know, two weeks out of E3. And a lot of people say, like, oh, there's going to be new hardware at E3. It's like, no, probably not because in the past with the 2DS and that, they did the exact same thing where they're like, yeah, we'll save it for a few few weeks after. You know, you get your own splash. They can, with no lead up, no nothing, they don't have to really market the, uh, I guess, announcement of a new piece of hardware when it's just something like this especially because of the audience it's uh, catered towards, which we'll get to in a minute. So let's get through the facts. So this is launching September 20th, 2019, a few months away. And in Australia, it's it's launching at $329.95. And in the US, that's 200 for you guys. So there's a bit of a difference there. It's launching in three colors, well, kind of four, if you include the Pokemon one. But it's coming yellow and gray and turquoise. And obviously, there's a Pokemon Limited Edition, which uh, features the two legendary Pokemon, and uh, has yeah has them on the back as well, which uh, which looks kind of nice. I guess just my opinions on the colors. I love the yellow. I've always loved yellow. Turquoise looks a bit meh. I prefer just like nice bright blue, similar to what the launch Joy-Con was, and black's like you know pretty standard black. It's a bit more grey than I would like, but it, they they look nice. It's a nice looking system at first. At first glance, and obviously a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's the Vita 2 because uh, the PlayStation Vita was, you know, it came in similar colors in Japan, especially the uh, the later model." And yeah, like it, it looks like a great system, and I'll I'll get to more of my impressions later. So we'll jump into the actual specs now. The specs are interesting. So being a Switch Lite, being the uh, sort of Switch Mini, which we've heard about rumors for ages, we're gonna we're wondering like, what this what will this thing actually support? So it says here that it only supports handheld mode. You know, there's no tabletop. You can't take the Joy-Cons off. There's no stand to pop it up with. And obviously, it won't support TV mode, which is uh, 
uh, I guess a big no-no for a lot of people, but we'll uh, we'll get to that later. So it only supports games that are only played in handheld mode. Now, now you know that in the eShop in the back of Nintendo Switch software that it does say that uh, whether the game is in handheld mode, TV mode, or tabletop mode. Um, I know there are some games that just didn't work uh, on the TV, for example. There was a rhythm game, I can't remember, uh, at launch that you could not play on the TV because it needed a touchscreen. So that game only supported handheld mode and there are other games that only support TV mode because of, uh, I guess, uh, similar requirements. There are no Joy-Cons on the system at all. So if you want to play games like 1-2-Switch or Mario Party or Super Mario Party, you're going to need extra Joy-Cons to play those games. Um, it does not come with a Nintendo Switch dock, obviously, because it will not be on the TV. Um, its dimensions are... Uh, what's it? Its height is uh, 91.1 millimeters. I guess its height... No, what's this? <laughs> its length is uh, 13.9 millimeters. Now, that's like basically... What's, what's the normal switch? So, the normal switch is 102 millimeters, while it's 13.9 uh, millimeters uh, tall. So... Its width is exactly the same. Its height is just like a little bit less. Not much. You probably won't notice it when you're actually playing it. Well, I dare say you won't notice it without playing it. You, you'll probably notice the screen though. That is a bit uh, different. And the weight is uh, two, was that? 275 grams. Whereas the original Switch is 398 grams. So you'll, you'll notice it's, it'll be nice and light because of obviously a few features taken out. The touchscreen is exactly the same. Uh, except for the size, so the resolution is the same at 720p, but uh, on the original Switch, you're looking at a uh, 6.2-inch uh, screen, while this one is a 5.5-inch screen. So, th- yeah, there's uh, over an inch of difference there. Whether actually playing it, you'll notice a difference, which I'm sure you will, because, like, personally, uh, with my Switch, I want to see the bezels removed and the screen getting bigger, not a smaller screen. Uh, so that's obviously something that I've got to keep in mind while, uh, you know, if, if I was deciding to buy this thing, but yes, and battery life. Now, this is an interesting one. Uh, if you look at the approx- the approximate time uh, you'll get be getting out of a battery life, uh, sorry, uh, Nintendo says that out of the original Switch, you'll be getting uh, 2.5 to 6.5 hours out of the original Switch, whereas this one, they say three to seven hours and they also say in the text below that uh for example uh, on the original switch breath of the wild you can get about three hours out of breath of the wild uh, but on the switch mini you can get about four hours out of breath of the wild so as breath of the wild as a uh, example you can get an extra hour out of the battery life which m- might be a make or break situation for you because if you're on the go a lot and you need a better battery, maybe the Switch Mini is the better option for you. So that's about all of the uh, differences. Mainly the Switch Mini is going to be a system that uh, uh, stuff is taken out of. So you'll be getting a, a better price. But uh, apart from that, there are a lot of features taken out of this thing, which is which which to me is disappointing. I know what market this thing's catered towards, mainly because like you know th- this is this is something for people that. Uh, might already have a switch, might have kids, want a cheaper option, something that uh, they don't want their main switch to get roughed up because you know they want it being playing on the TV. They like it's their personal switch, and they'll be getting like a cheaper one for their kids, or maybe someone that just isn't interested in playing on the TV and uh, playing their games that way. But it is disappointing, I guess, in in some aspects, just because. Um, if you're someone who like really likes their Switch, but it's like, oh, you know, it's a bit too big or something silly like that. Like, I know this thing isn't that much smaller, 
But someone who's like, you know, I don't need the Joy-Cons to come off. I would like the D-pad and all of that, but I still would like to play on the TV. If they just gave this thing to the old, the option to still fit into the dock or still some way hook up to the TV through maybe an additional accessory or something, I, th- I think that would have been uh, a good way to go. And just with the price being 330 in Australia, I don't think that's a big enough difference to sort of get a, get rid of a feature that that is that big. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame um, just for that thing. But I, I think this system looks really great. I think it would be good for people that are, uh, I guess, looking for a cheaper option. They don't play on the TV a lot. And I, I guess the main example is uh, Pokemon is coming out this year. So that's going to be a really great fit for them. Now, with the Pokemon one, uh, so there's a special edition one with the two legendaries on them, and I do forget their names, so I'm going to have to... Uh, oh, I, can't, I can't even pronounce the names. But <laughs> uh, So they say, uh, November is shaping up to be a big month for Pokemon fans, with the arrival of special hardware followed by the launch of Pokemon Sword and Shield games one week later, uh, said Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite, uh, Zeantian, and... Zamizanta, God, addition uh, will be a great gift for Pokemon fans who want to play the latest games on the go. Um, so yeah, I do think this special edition looks pretty neat. Um, I do prefer like the bright colours of yellow and uh, even the turquoise one, to example. I know I'd, I didn't really like that one, which I don't, but I do like the bright colours, especially on the Joy Cons on the you know the Switch we have at the moment. But this is a, a sort of a I guess a good way for people to get into Pokemon and all of that. So. Really looking forward to it, at least getting my hands on it. Maybe someone else's. I don't think I'll buy it. I probably, I would be definitely interested in getting this if it was a bit cheaper, probably, you know, 280 or even 300 I think that just extra 30 just makes me go, not quite worth it in my in my opinion. But if you if you want to save the money for, because uh, you're not going to play it on the TV, I think this is a great option. And this is going to be a good replacement for the 3DS. It's pretty obvious they're trying to target that audience. Whether they'll hit it or not with the uh, sort of the price point is going to be here in Australia. I, I don't know in America if it's uh, that was a more similar price to what the 3DS was at $200. But I know like a parent, like if you're buying a sort of a game system to sort of keep your kids occupied a bit, uh, you know, 330 is still a lot to uh, fork out for that but then again these days you know kids are getting ipads and everything and they're like eight hundred dollars so maybe not maybe uh, parents will still be happy to get it and like doug bowser also went on record saying that you know they're still supporting the 3ds and i don't think it would be for much longer because really how much (laughs) this this is going to eat eat that market pretty well like unless the 3ds gets like another drastic uh, price price cut. So I'm going to bring up a tweet from Brian Altano here from IGN, who is regularly on Nintendo Voice Chat, which a lot of you guys probably know. (laughs) He puts a tweet I think a lot of us can sort of relate to. So he says all in bullet points, he goes, uh, out September 20th, $200, better battery life, better D-pad, no TV output, smaller screen. I don't need this, but I still want this. Why (laughs) Why do I still want this? I already have a Switch. I don't need this. But I still want this. What's wrong with me? And that's that's pretty much how I feel as well. You know, just the, uh, I guess the the tech guy in me who like loves just new hardware, whether it's like, you know, the latest iPhone, um, even though I can't afford it quite often because who, like not many people can each year. 
um, especially these days when they're almost $2,000. I just love like feeling them, seeing what's new, getting all the new features. And this is no different. This is a brand new piece of hardware. Even though it's a downgrade, it's like, it look, it's a, you know just a different new piece of tech. And I would love to get one. And along with the price, what also puts me off getting one is also just the fact that uh, Nintendo's cloud safe system isn't uh, implemented in the right way to sort of make it easy to jump from system to system. Like with, for example, with my 3DS, I got, I got, I think like seven 3DSs. Like you know, the original I upgraded to the XL. I got the new 3DS, and I've been I uh, got the smaller new 3DS. I got two uh, 2DSs. Um, well, the XL versions because they're Pokemon editions. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> they're really cool because it's like one was like a Pokeball with like the button and everything. It's really, it's really cool. Um, and with those games, I could transfer my games just for the card because the save was on the card. With the Switch, it's not the same thing. Uh, obviously, if you download the games, which a lot of mine are downloaded, you can't uh, just you know easily take them in and out of each system. And if you do buy the card, the save is actually on the Switch system itself. It's not on the card. So if, if say, come uh, November when I want to play the new Pokemon game, um, I'm out on my Switch, uh, I was about to say mini, on my Switch Lite and I get home, I can't just easily swap it to my other system. Uh, cloud saves won't be supported with Pokemon, so it won't be easily uh, migrated to the next system. And Pokemon Home will be locked to one system as well, so uh, any Pokemon game that I decide to play on the mini can't be put into Home. So there's there's a Nintendo sort of methods aren't easily transferable between systems, so that's going to be a lot of a big turnoff for a lot of people. I feel, but I think for brand new Switch owners who don't want to play on the TV and are happy with you know just playing in handheld mode without the Joy-Cons taking off. If you're, like, if you're looking at a, a Switch saying, I want to play Mario Party with my friends, can't wait to play Mario Kart, you know, have some beers and that, this is not the system for you. This is like, this is, did you enjoy the 3DS? Did you enjoy playing Pokemon and Zelda and whatever, just in your bed type of thing? <laughs> then it, it's, it'll be the system for you, I feel. But uh, yeah, it definitely could have been a neat little addition to most Nintendo Switch owners currently, uh, whether it's an upgrade because you want a smaller form factor or just you want like a cool little Switch that you can put in your pocket and it's a cool color. And when you get home, you can like play with your bigger Switch and all that. But um, no, it's just for new owners. And I guess that, that sort of uh, moves on to how the internet is uh, taking <laughs> all of this uh, Switch news. So a lot of people are sort of, you know, angry <laughs> that uh, it doesn't have the, the same features, doesn't do the same thing, whatever. And I guess uh, to put, put it bluntly, if you don't like this thing, you don't have to buy it. It's easy. For me, it doesn't suit what I want it to do. I love the Switch because of its... I can take it with me. I can slot it into the dock. It comes up on my TV. And for me, it's the perfect system for it to do that. A lot of people also play the, the thing just in console. They never actually take it with them. Uh, I know a, a fair few people that do that. And I don't know why they do that. But that is how they choose to play the system. And that's great. Um, this... For them, it's also definitely not uh, a good uh, alternative for them. So they won't buy it. They'll uh, have to get the more expensive version, which is the original version. But yeah, so if if you don't like it, don't buy it. I don't really see why uh, people are so frustrated about it. And the, the same thing happened with the 2DS. Like, you know, it came out, It like especially the original 2DS, it, it looked stupid. It looked like a, a piece of cheese, like a door wedge. Didn't have the 3D. It was a silly system, but it was what it was. It was really cheap, and it got Nintendo's library of games on the 3DS, which was really great, into hands of lots of people. And even here in Australia, it's like $80 or less. 
I think it came out 120 and the price has just gone down from there. So hopefully with this switch, the switch light, we'll see it go down in price over time and uh, it'll be a really great alternative for uh, families and people that uh, want a cheap option to get into the Nintendo Switch library. And like that's uh, that's sort of a benefit Nintendo has. Like uh, what's, the, what's the cheapest like a PlayStation be? I know they're pretty cheap at the moment. Like they can go down to $200, but maybe uh, Nintendo can get it to the to the point where they can be like easily the cheapest console on the market. Maybe not because like the uh, I see like the Xbox One S and that are quite cheap these days. But yeah, it's a it's a interesting thing to bring up anyway. So I asked on Twitter what uh, you guys think of the uh, new uh, Switch Lite, the announcement so far, and uh, we have uh, Riley Huppets who's at uh, Xehanort on Twitter. And he says, it isn't for me, but I think I think I see the appeal. Cheaper systems are always a... <laughs> what's he said here? Cheaper systems are always arguing accessibility to others. And while while I think... Sorry, Riley, give, uh, you said it instead of I. And while I think the value for money isn't insane yet, if it gets a price drop slash sale, it'll be fantastic for kids. Which, yeah... Um, I do I do agree with that. That's what I said previously in the show. But yeah, just with with, with that price, it makes it a bit harder. But uh, I guess uh, I'm not a parent buying for kids yet. But even even as a like a, a hard I guess a hardcore gamer, if you want to call me that, yeah, I just don't I don't see the the dropped price that much of an incentive to go for that over uh, one of these new ones. We have one from Simon Blackburn as well. He said. Uh, for someone used uh, used to buying Apple products, the price doesn't seem that steep, and most comparisons are to an EB special. Uh, color options are great, like the teal, the best. The lack of docking is a shame, but it would require a Pro Controller or something something to use, right? So the Pro Controller does work on the Switch uh, Lite. It just doesn't dock, so you can like lean it against like a old sauce bottle on the table or something and play with your Pro Controller because it still has Bluetooth to hook up to the Joy-Cons and Pro Controller. But uh, yeah, you won't be able to dock it on the TV, which is unfortunate. Metadox, he says, he says he thinks it's great because people that can't afford the regular Switch, which in Australia is $480, which is, uh, you know, almost $500. It's a big investment for a dedicated handheld system that only plays, uh, only does a few other things compared to what the PlayStation and Xbox can do. So yeah, it's, it's quite a big investment. Um, so this will make it a bit cheaper for them, yeah, and so they can experience games that they've been missing out on for a while. Uh, Paul James says, The concept is solid and suits the audience. The pricing scheme, at least in Australia, is incredibly flawed. For the light to be able to play everything, you'll need to buy an extra set of Joy-Cons and instantly bumping up the price beyond the RRP of the standard model. Now, that's an interesting thought to bring up. So if you want to play, <laughs> I guess, Super Mario Party, which will require two Joy-Cons at very least, You'll be that. That cost two. Was it cost uh, two of them? That cost one hundred and twenty dollars in Australia. So that's one hundred and twenty dollars plus the three hundred and thirty. So you'd be playing paying four fifty for a Switch Lite and the Joy Cons, which is very close to what the oh Jesus yeah. When you think about it that way, when you it's almost the price of the Switch, but just missing the dock. And the dock retails here for like 130 by itself, which is way overpriced. But even if even if the dock was like something like 60, which it probably should be, that's still a huge, huge <laughs> price. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so I I really feel like the price was uh, botched on this thing. Like they need to 
they need to do something. I know they won't do anything, but Jesus. You, know, you never thought about actually putting Joy-Cons on top of that Switch so you can play some of the games. And even then, the experience won't be that great because you're just leaning your Switch against something. It's not on the TV. Yeah. No, that's a great point, Paul. Jesus, what are you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking, Nintendo? Yeah. And in the House of Mario Discord, we have a uh, Luke's opinion. So he says, after thinking about the light more, I do want one, but entirely depends on how smooth save syncing will work for the games that do support cloud saves. And at the moment, there isn't really a great way of sharing an account. You can transfer from Switch to Switch. Obviously, you don't want to do that every time because that will take a... <laughs> It'll take way too much time if you're just like, all right, I've got to go. So you pick up your switch and you've got to like transfer your stuff. It just, uh, there's not really an elegant solution. And while you can sort of log in on, on another account, you've got like a, a primary, you've got a primary console and another console that uh, you have to, I guess, do some work to to get on, online and all that. I think, I think you have to be online all the time while you're playing sort of on your non-primary account. So being the switch, uh, it won't be ideal for that. So they do definitely need to implement something else if they want people to guess a buy a second Switch for themselves. And I don't see that happening mainly because how Nintendo handles cloud saves and all of this online stuff really doesn't spark me with any confidence. And also just the fact that they're not going for Switch owners that already have a system. They're obviously very much targeting people that don't have a Switch yet. Uh, don't want to spend this extra money on a system which you know was just like $140 or something. And yeah, so I don't think they're going to be sort of implementing these big things to get you playing on multiple switches, which uh, which is a shame if you're looking for one of these things. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, Luke. Um, I think you're better off probably just sticking with your current switch, saving your money. There's plenty of games to uh, play this year. Uh, so that $330 could probably be very well used on all these games coming out because yeah, I don't think I could buy them all as well as a brand new Switch just because, yay, fun color, as much as I'd like to. <laughs> I did uh, I did find, did see this funny thing on an IGN article, though, which sort of, I guess, summarizes everybody's um, <laughs> opinions of why the Switch... Uh, <laughs> why the switch light isn't uh, impressing them or whatever so th- this uh, person on twitter by the twitter handle of uh, toaster grl says even if you miss the leaks it's not like nintendo removing the main selling point of their console is surprising so from switch to switch light you-, you missed out on the dock mode from 3ds to 2ds there's no uh, stereoscopic uh, 3d from wii to wii u there's no games and from gamecube to wii uh, it's not a cube so I thought that was funny, especially the Wii U bit. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a harsh dig, but I'm not saying there's no games either. But anyway, so if you if you're like me and you're looking at this being like, oh, all right, the Switch Lite isn't really what I need. Uh, it's a downgrade from what I currently have, and not having the ability to play on the TV is a big no-no because I like playing my games on the TV, like Pokemon, for example. I'm so excited that it's finally a console game, uh, and I can finally play on my TV. But having a system that's like, all right, we're not going to uh, do that. This kind of beats the beats the point of why I'm so excited for some of these games coming out. So you'll be looking to the future. So all right, there's hopefully a Switch Pro model coming out, and it's also coming out that Nintendo is quietly updating the CPU of the original Switch. 
So they've filled in some basically, they've filled in some paperwork to be like, all right, we're going to be upgrading the CPU and the amount of onboard storage. So whether that means it's just the current switch, you're not going to notice any difference, but they're putting different processes in there and it's going to have a bit more memory. Or we're looking at sort of the start of a brand new switch model coming out, which will be really cool. This is what I'm really looking forward to, something that has a has a better processor so it can do better frame rate and higher resolution in handheld mode and more sort of consistent across those fields rather than just like new graphics and that. I don't really care about the graphics. The graphics are fine as they are. Obviously, some ports and that could do with a bit more power in the graphics department. But personally, with this iteration of the Switch, I don't need all of that stuff. Maybe like a brand new console. I'd love to see like a real powerful one. But typically, this isn't what Nintendo does apart from uh, sort of what they do in their handheld modes handheld <laughs> modes, handheld systems. So with the Game Boy to Game Boy Color, then you had you know DS to DSi, you had 3DS to new 3DS. Like in the handheld sort of systems, you've seen them go from a less powerful to a little bit more powerful console. So hopefully we see so, so some of these uh, improvements into the TV playing switch, which would I'd, I'd really like a lot. So to be honest, I'm not expecting it this year. I can't see them sort of uh, pushing them both this year, especially when they don't announce them together. Maybe there will be a game next year that will sort of showcase it a bit more rather than Pokemon. Pokemon is obviously not the uh, the powerhouse that is going to push like a new Pro Switch, which is obvious because it's pushing a, a lesser Switch. So yeah, that's that's all I've really got to say on the Switch Lite. Pretty exciting that it just came out of nowhere. Uh, I think it looks great. I think it's going to attract a lot more people to the uh, Nintendo Switch ecosystem to play their games there to really get amongst it and but if you probably the audience that listens to this podcast probably 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 not for you unless like all right I never play on TV anyway I want a bit a tiny bit of a smaller switch and I like yellow I guess go for it then but uh, I guess now we'll move into the Pokemon news that came out not long ago so Pokemon came out and they announced a bunch of new features as well as four new Pokemon and the first one is our Creamy. So this Pokemon looks like a, a whipped cream with like two strawberries as, I guess, ears or hair pieces or whatever. And it's uh, categorized as the cream Pokemon. It's a fairy type and its ability is Sweet Veil. And this one's uh, a bit of a fan favorite as far as uh, this batch of Pokemon goes. Uh, it's cute. It's based on food. Uh, a food everyone likes too, mind you. Everyone likes a bit of cream. Uh, I know my, my, well, that's not true. My girlfriend is actually, uh, she gets sick whenever she has a lot of cream. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it looks cool. It's a, it does get a new form of a certain new feature that I'll touch on a bit later. And the next one is uh, Yamper. It's a puppy Pokemon, and its ability is Bullfetch, which I don't know what Bullfetch does. That's a brand new one. Uh, we did see this one in the E3 demo. It was just sort of hidden in there, and apparently, apparently to it, it's got a bit of a description here it says it crackles when it runs yamper has a has an organ in its body that generates electricity and this organ is activated when yamper runs around yamper can't store electricity it generates so it often seen it's often seen running around with electric sparks crackling around it well there you go the uh the electric corgi pokemon so yamper's cool i love dogs dogs are awesome so another dog pokemon cool i'm not really a huge corgi fan whatever um, <laughs> uh, I, I am interested to see what it evolves into. Just a big angry corgi. I don't know. It'd be cool if it evolves into just like a big dopey looking corgi instead of it looking angry or whatever. Because a lot of these, I know uh, there was a Pokemon um, in Gen Five. I forgot its name though. I forget a lot of Pokemon Pokemon's names 
these days just because it's just I've got too much in my brain and it's just it it just goes straight away. Uh, I can't remember remember them as well as I did when I was a kid. But the the next Pokemon is Roly Coley. Uh, so this Pokemon is a coal Pokemon, and its ability is Steam Engine or uh, Heat Proof. Uh, and it's interesting with the uh, the move or sorry the ability Steam Engine because uh, if you're looking at a picture of it, you can sort of see that there's a wheel sort of underneath it, and as a big lump of coal in sort of a region that's set in the UK, it's a sort of people are sort of speculating that it could evolve into a steam engine that that will be used on the the railway on the in the Gala region, which would be really cool. And it says here, every household once needed a roly coly. Uh, until, until about 100 years ago, every household in the Gallo region had a roly-coly. The families would use the coal that dropped off its body for cooking and heating their homes. Even in the modern day, roly-coly is a very popular Pokemon to take outdoor for <laughs> outdoor activities. Uh, roly-coly's ability, Steam Engine, is a new ability introduced in these titles. Uh, a Pokemon with this ability will get a speed, uh, a speed stat boost if it's hit with a fire or wa- water move during battles. Now that's interesting because if it's hit with a water move, which is super effective against rock, which is its typing, uh, it will get a speed imbo- speed boost, which is really cool. So yeah, so you can get that or heat proof, which uh, just uh, dampens, I guess, uh, fire moves. Um, I think that's what it did. What it did. So I think uh, if you're getting one of these, you really want the steam engine ability because people are going to be hitting you with uh, water moves as much as they can if you're a rock type, and you'll get that speed speed boost, which I don't know uh, Roly Coley's speed, but rock types are often heavy, so they don't have as good speed. So that'll be an interesting one. And the last one is uh, Drelagon. <laughs> uh, Drelagon. Don. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll on with that one. So this one's a steel dragon type. Uh, its, its category is uh, alloy. It's an alloy Pokemon. Its ability is light metal and heavy metal. So it's a light but sturdy body of metal. Uh, the metal composing its ability is incredibly durable, but also surprisingly light. It only weighs about oh, 88 lbs in total. Thanks to this, Duralugdon uh, can move quite quickly in spite of its appearance. Uh, its body is weak to corrosion, however, and is known to rust easily. So that's interesting. And it's also got like a really strong move. So its arms can uh, grind down boulders. Drew. Uh, Oh God, why, why do I have so much trouble saying this? I haven't actually really read their names before this. I sort of just looked at them and went, ah, cool. Duraludon uh, uh, lives in caves and mountainous areas. Uh, their two arms have surprisingly different shapes from one another, and they use these to grind down rock surfaces for food. Uh, they share their habitat with Tyranitar, and these two Pokemon are often seen battling uh, other one another, yeah, one another in the mountains of the Gala region. And... Uh, in the uh, sort of trailer, it's shown nice uh, one of these Pokemon just destroying a Tyranitar, which is uh, pretty cool to see. So these four new Pokemon, they look pretty cool. Out of the four, I'll probably I'm m- most intrigued about uh, Roly Coley, mainly because like if it, I think with the wheel and it's sort of being based on a piece of coal that comes from a coal mine, probably it sort of represents sort of a coal cart uh, that they use to carry around coal. It's probably the most intriguing Pokemon to me. I would, I can't wait to see what this thing evolves into. And I think I might actually use it on my team if I can get it early enough. Uh, Yamper, I probably, I'm not that interested really being, just being an electric type and Akrimi, I think he, 
he's pretty he's pretty pretty cool design but yeah i think i'll go with uh, roller collie out of these and uh yeah so that that is the new pokemon and as far as the actual actual story goes now the story they sort of shown off was really interesting so they basically show that the pokemon league and the gyms is uh, based in a more tournament style compared to other games where it's just like here's an elite four you'll get to it when you get to it this actually is like a tournament that has hosts hosting it and is based on a, I guess it's more close to like the World Cup or something like that. Something like in like soccer stadiums in the in the UK. So yeah, I'm really intrigued with uh, the story. The story is basically something where I'm like, I guess wanting for years where they're like actually doing something close to the anime where, you know, people are getting together and you instead of like, it sounds like instead of versing the Elite Four, you're actually like battling rivals and people you meet throughout your game, not just like you get to a random Elite Four, it's, oh, there's this uh, really strong ghost trainer. Okay, you'll, you'll beat them. Because uh, apart from like the first couple of generations, the Elite Four members are actually quite forgettable. So actually going through something like this sounds really cool. Uh, so the Champion Cup. Uh, once a year in the Gala region, a series of Pokemon battles are held uh, with the League Championship online. This is the Champion Cup. The Champion Cup is the tournament to decide who will be able to challenge the reigning Pokemon League, the reigning champion for their seat. Exemplary trainers throughout the region, such as those who are successfully able to complete the Pokemon uh, Gym Challenge, are allowed to participate in the Champion Cup tournament. The Champion Cup battles are broadcasted on TV, and all of the people of the Gala region will be watching. And that's really cool. And it says, uh, it also says that you're able to get sponsors. So the sponsors that support the support the gyms and the champion. Uh, some of the corporations in the Gala region support the gyms and the champion by offering sponsorships. You will find the logos of these corporations on the uniforms of the gym leaders, uh, as well as the various facilities in Gala. And you actually see on the champion, uh, what's his name? Um, Leon. He has a uh, multiple. Uh, sponsors and that on his back and you also see that he has the Game Freak logo so Game Freak sponsored this champion which is a cool little little touch I feel like uh, Game Freak usually have like a little uh, development studio hidden within the game where you can go and usually get your Pokedex uh, uh, completion uh, badge and all that so they'll probably be in this game hopefully again so that's cool to see the story the story sounds really excellent actually having you sort of uh, battle through these uh, these stadiums and the championship and Sort of the emphasis around, uh, I guess, Leon being the celebrity. Everyone looks up to him. Uh, but Galar is really focused on Pokemon battles, which is uh, really exciting to me. It seems like a really cool take on just a, a traditional Pokemon story. Uh, you know, like Sun and Moon like tried something different. They went for the trials, which 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 were fine. Like if they kept doing them, I reckon I reckon people would have been like, alright, these weren't that good. It was good because they were different. I don't think it was good because they were interesting. Like with the trials, you went into a forest and you had to do like a certain puzzle and a certain task, but it wasn't particularly different to just doing a puzzle in a gym. And at the end, you verse like a boss Pokemon, but it's kind of the same as just versing a gym leader or something like that, just without the uh, without the uh, character to sort of back it up. But yeah, this seems really cool. So, and also on the Pokemon website, it says the Galar Pokemon League provides entertainment that ignites the whole region. Uh, many of the Pokemon battle events in the Galar region, such, such as the Champion Cup, are managed by a committee led by Chairman Rose. So, Chairman Rose is the president of the uh, Galar Pokemon League and also the president of a large business uh, conglomerate. Oh, God. You know this is going to turn out well in the story, don't you? Uh, he's made the Galar... <laughs> 
the Galar Pokemon League, world famous by Im- implementing gym battles uh, featuring the Dynamax phenomenon. Uh, he's also one of the first endorsed who who first endorsed Leon uh, for the gym challenge. He seems <laughs> he seems he has quite the eye for talent. So I guess this guy's a bit what you typically see in like a, a talent agency or something like that. You can sort of. He's got that vibe about him. If you can see him on the website, he's got like the slick haircut. He's wearing like a suit, very expensive looking watch. Yeah. And you know, just using the word business conglomerate, you know, this is going to be, you know, it's going to turn out not being so great, probably. Unless uh, Game Freak want to really test us with their story and put a big twist in there that no one sees coming. But, we, you know, we all know that, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Um, I know like at the start of Sun and Moon, you see like the opening, <laughs> the opening movie clip or whatever. You're like, all right, they're the bad guys. Okay. Gotcha. They gave it away straight away. I don't know if that was the intention or not, but they did. All right. So next up, there's another character called Olina. So uh, Olina is Rosa's secretary and is known for her calm and collected personality. She also serves as the vice president of Rosa's company and is in fact largely in charge of the day-to-day running of the company so not much about that character she looks like a very stern uh, woman not not a whole lot of personality coming out of her facial expression so just just looking at these guys and reading these descriptions like uh, they're going to be bad guys aren't they i can i can just say something about it. there's going to be there's going to be something whether the champion turns out to be corrupt by these guys you know he's been paid to sort of do things that aren't great or these g- there's, there's going to be something which is interesting. I'm looking forward to getting to the story for these. And uh, probably the biggest news, we'll jump into that. So, uh, Gigantamaxing changes a Pokemon size and appearance. So, this is, uh, I guess, a, another thing on top of Dynamaxing. And this is what the uh, the Pokemon website says about that. So, the strange phenomenon known as Dynamaxing can only occur in specific areas of the Gala region, which I think is like, you know, raid areas, uh, Pokemon gyms. Um, don't really know too much apart from that. But uh, while Dynamaxing seems to be a phenomenon car- uh, common to the Pokemon from Galar, it's only been discovered that there's a special phenomenon known as gi- Gigantamaxing too. Only certain species of Pokemon can Gigantamax, and even among such species, only rare uh, specimens will be available to Gigantamax. The majority will keep their usual appearance when they Gigantamax or Dynamax. Sorry, Gigantamax Pokemon will become bigger, and just like Dynamaxing, Gigantamaxing boosts the power of the Pokemon. It also allows each Gigantamax Pokemon to use a unique move known as a G Max move. Each G Max move, in particular, to a specific species of Gigantamax Pokemon when Dynamax Pokemon can't use G-Max moves at all. So that was a bit of a tongue twister um, Pokemon. That was a, a lot to, a lot of Gigantamax and Dynamaxing in there. So basically what uh, Jesus, what do, Gigantamaxing does is it gives a different look to the Pokemon. Uh, it shows here that Dreadnought stands up. His neck withdraws into his body a bit more and he gets a bit of a, I guess, a aura around him. Uh, Corviknight, he sort of looks a bit different. He gets sort of uh, different colored wings. And Gigantamax Alacrimi, uh sort of, it becomes a huge cake, which is actually a really great design. I, I think it's actually really cool that it comes a huge cake. So uh, I think it's cool that the Pokemon are getting different looks. I think that getting unique, uh, I guess, G-Max moves is also interesting. But I guess what I'm a bit concerned about, when they first announced Dynamaxing, uh, I know Bryce and I are like, oh, that's that seems like a cool idea. That's a way to give every Pokemon the same ability and put it on an even playing field. 
before when it was like, oh, you know, Mega Scizor and Mega this, Mega that, but it was only like 50-something Pokemon got Mega Evolutions. What about the other, you know, 500 plus? There are a lot more Pokemon that did not get a Mega Evolution. And sort of to win at the meta, you really needed a Pokemon with the right... Well, you needed definitely needed the Pokemon with that could evolve into a Mega Evolution. So that you need at least 50 of those certain Pokemon in your team. And a lot of that came down to like Mega Kangaskhan and you know stuff like Mega Scizor and that. You, you didn't really see them that much. Now, I guess what I'm sort of worried about is like, oh, great, this, this Dynamaxing is a great way to sort of not worry about that. Get rid of Mega Evolutions... Uh, level the playing f- field, but now they're adding uh, Gigantamaxing in there as well, which is a sort of another layer of complication it really didn't need, and yeah, they're sort of adding, so how many Gigantamax Pokemon are, the, are they going to be? Are they going to have, uh, even say they have 50, which uh, they had 50 Mega Evolutions after two lots of games, they added more in uh, the Ruby and Sapphire remakes, so how many of these gonna are they going to be? Are you going to have to have a Gigantamax Pokemon to be competitive? And they actually do say here that not every Pokemon is going to be able to Dynamax, uh, which is interesting as well. So they say here, uh, regular Dreadnought and Corviknight can Dynamax, but there are some special members of these species that can Gigantamax. You can catch Gigantamax Pokemon for your team by participating in uh, Max Raid Battles but it seems like they're very rare. Finding one won't be easy. So even if you do have a Dreadnought, it might not be able to uh, Gigantamax, which is interesting. So they're going to be, I guess, rare. You're going to have to work for these forms. Uh, with Mega Evolutions, you know, if you had a Kangaskhan, you've got to track down one of the, one of the uh, stones to be able to activate its Mega Evolution, and that'll be the hold item, and that's how you'd access that. So it takes up a slot there. Whereas this, you know, you've got to basically hunt for a very specific Pokemon to be able to do it. Which uh, which means you have to work for it, which is cool. Um, I I do like it. I am just a bit worried that it's going to take away from the simplicity of just like oh, every Pokemon can I guess you know up its stats and be competitive. Yeah, that's what I really liked about the Dynamaxing anyway. But so yeah, these games look pretty pretty fantastic. I've 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 got to say it looks really great. The stories impressed me. Uh, all the new Pokemon look really great. Like like there's ones like Wooloo, Corviknight, Dreadnought. Uh, the starters look great. Gossifleur, El- Elder Goss, like I said, really like uh, Rolly Coley. Yeah, just I-, I love the new Pokemon. I can't wait for it. But, but I I I got to bring this up again. Sorry, but I I am still disappointed about the lack of the national decks. That not all the Pokemon will be there. I know that uh, it's it's a, a dead horse. I'm not I'm not going to beat it anymore. But it, it it still just disappoints me because it just feels like there's a there's something missing. And I know a lot of people are going to play through the games, and these new Pokemon are great. The story is great. But it's, what it's really going to affect is the end game and the compatibility with future Pokemon games. And for someone that doesn't just play through the story and like, I'll, I'll stick around for as long as you give me something to do, uh, whether it's catching the Pokemon, whether it's leveling up the Pokemon, whether it's uh, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'm there for hundreds of hours and limiting the Pokemon takes away from that. But yeah, obviously, from what I just said, I'm really excited for these games. I cannot wait to uh, jump into them and play them. Um, but I will be playing with my original Switch, um, not on the new Switch Lite. So I want to play on my TV, and I want to play on my hands. Uh, so yeah, 
Really excited. Cannot wait for these Pokemon games. Not as much as I couldn't wait for them before the National Dex news. But like I said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to this uh, solo episode of The House of Mario. Uh, it's a lot of fun to sort of do. Uh, next week is our big Avcon episode. That's why, like I said at the start of the show, that's why I'm doing this just by myself to sort of get this uh, get this off my chest, I guess, uh, and get you guys an episode sort of like, well, what does Drew think about the new Switch? And, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. If you don't want it, don't buy it. Go and buy the original Switch. If you already have the original Switch, awesome. Go and spend that money on some games. There's plenty of games to play. If, you, if you've already bought all the games, well, nice. Buy me a game too. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 106. Actually, and I've got to say, episode 106. Uh, we've already recorded the next episode, and we say that's 106 as well, because, you know, we didn't know they are going to release a new piece of hardware, and I would have to do a, an episode in between. But So next episode is 107. I say 106. Uh, so you listen to this episode, though, so you know what's going on. You're not silly, all right? It's all good. So if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your podcast service of choice. You can find me on Twitter at iDruby, and you can find The House of Mario at The House of Mario. And, of course, follow Bryce as well. He is at IVRevan on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to join our Discord community, there is a link in the show notes below where you can talk to myself, Bryce, and the rest of our greater Discord community. And, of course, we are a part of the 8-Bit Collective 12 podcasts and over 20 podcast creators coming together to put awesome content in your ears. Audio content, mind you. Uh, and we have launched a brand new Patreon. So if you'd like to support myself, my new pod, uh, story-driven and conversational podcast, The Drew Story and The House of Mario, take a look at patreon.com slash idruby where you can get access to exclusive podcasts like uh, Bryce and my uh, new show, Kraken Furfies, and other goodies like discounts on The House of Mario merch, which can be found over at tpublic.com slash the house of mario and this week's nintendo jukebox is pokemon sword and shield gym leader battle remix by glitch city uh glitch city featured a lot of their stuff on this show she does awesome remixes of pokemon music uh i listen to most of them they come off my soundcloud feed really cool and i definitely recommended recommend you click on the link go and support her on soundcloud go and support her on youtube uh she's fantastic at doing uh pokemon remixes she's done like so many so many remixes definitely worth a follow anyway guys thank you so much and we'll see you next week on our avcon 2019 episode where we've got plenty of uh, interviews including people from nintendo australia all, all sorts of things see you next week au revoir konnichiwa i'm not konnichiwa uh goodbye i forgot my joke